Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Treehouse, episode 48. I dig everything. With Danny Baker and me, Louise Pepper. Yes, it is. A very good morning to you, everybody. Here we go again with another three hours of fun for old and young without the slightest hint of vulgarity. A good deed in a wicked world. And straight away, we're going to get... Well, we'll get into the show in a second, actually. Uh, so did this observation, uh, I think about 20 years ago, it occurred to me on the radio and I couldn't talk for the last hour. I had to just play Little Feet records and that and the, the audience were appreciative of it. But um, <laughs> uh, this only happened when we were... Uh, escorting the uh, dogs uh, in the car the other day. It's all right, they were seeing eye dogs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> look, we just did some satire. Anyway, but uh, uh, you, you don't have a dog, do you, Peps? No. You don't? You ever had a dog in the house? Uh, we, we had a family dog, but he sadly got knocked down by a car not long before I was born and mum couldn't bear it. She, she, she was so upset. He was her dog since she was 15. She hmm. couldn't bear it, so she never had another one. We've broken our own rule on people's hearts by coming on the air with bad news. But there it is. My I asked you. I did ask you. I, anyway. I told you of him because his 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 proper name was Smoker Gay Boy the Third. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, when you get them from Beagle. proper channels, that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, but the point I ask you is because this is uh, something that's been uh, pretty much towards the front of my mind for a very very long time. If you've got a dog, you know one of the great games you can play uh, when there's nothing on TV, or even if there is. Um, you can blow on a dog, right? And their ear goes. If you, I don't you've ever seen that. There, if, no. if you don't like it, but you, if you blow towards a dog, their ear goes. <laughs> it just, it just twitches very violently for about a second, and then they look up at you, and you, and they don't like it. Now, but it's a good game. It's not like that. They, do. they hate it. But they just look at you. So don't do that. Don't, if it was your partner, you'd do it because oh, come on, this is fun. And yet, and yet, bring a dog. A, a universally, a dog does not like to be blowed upon, uh, like like Bill Sykes in Oliver. Uh, he doesn't like to be blowed upon. And uh, and yet, you put a dog in a car. Oh, head straight out the window. Head straight out the window. What is going on there? <laughs> My dog out the window, Faye. We did it on TFI, if you remember. We used to take dogs for rides just because everyone gets cheered up by the by the look of a dog with his head out of a car window, loving it. Uh, so any vets out there, I think that's the word I want, any vets out there, 
can go for that conundrum, uh, uh, do tell us. But if you, in the meantime, it's a beautiful day, and I think they're going to find a link between this terrible, terrible virus and the great weather soon. And a lot of people are going to go, oh, well. Anyway, so, um, uh, but if you can tell us about that, we would like, love to hear from you. But in the meantime, just before, just before the show starts, uh, again, I've been looking about peps, and it's not a great day for bits and pieces. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all right. Um, uh, uh, Bob Dylan released Down in the Groove. Uh, which mm-hmm. is nobody's favourite Bob Dylan album. <laughs> it was that lost period, down in the groove, an absolute shocker. Uh, it's his um, uh, version of, um, I don't know, Neil Young lands on water. This is just for the heads. But he released that today. Actually, Neil, on that, Neil Young, on this day in 1997, Neil Young cancelled his European tour after slicing his finger while cutting a ham sandwich. How about oh! that? Huge! <laughs> I sliced so, my thumb this week. Did you really? Yeah, see, that looks really meagre, but it's actually terrible. I can see painful. it. Yeah, oh, the little small, oh, those little... Slapping off, and then it catches. Oh. By the way, um, because we've had, like, sacks of mail, like Ringo Starr in 1964, could you... Uh, t- a lot of people are saying, what happened to Pears, Peps? No, the other way around, isn't it? Peps, Pears. Uh, the, you bought some Pears. I did. Hoping against hope before the end of lockdown, they might approach edible because you couldn't even put a knife in them how'd they go uh, I, I did i did post a picture on twitter we had that fateful morning where i got up went downstairs prodded one end of it oh they're still hard and then as i turned the fruit bowl the, the neck say what does the, the neck the, the tip the bit where the stalk is yeah. mush Was and it? brown <laughs> and disgusting <laughs> and yet we're persevering with them. We are oh, persevering with them. Uh, and so th- th- there's the uh, sad tale of the end of Pears Bowl of Peps. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and just before we move on, because I said Neil Young, actually uh, uh, W.G. Young patented the ice cream freezer today. Oh, well, essential. And yes, it, well, of course, that sent me looking uh, to, the, to the ice cream. Or as it was known for centuries, cream ice. <laughs> I was going to say, to, I'm sure in Jane Austen times you had an ice. You had an, we, we you are had the, an ice. We are That's... one of the few nations who call it ice cream, of course. Where, where do you step? I promise you, all your emails all stacked up and ready to go. Uh, where do you stand on the baked Alaska? I, li- I like a baked Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very Hello. much. I say joined at the hip menu. Nero, Nero uh, claimed the, uh, to invent the ice cream. Nero would, uh, because he brought down some mountain ice and poured honey and wine in it. That sounds brilliant, doesn't it? That's, that's a sorbet if we're going to nick it. With it's all of this is much of a muchness. Charles the first, Charles the first uh, was so enamoured of what he called frozen snow that he promised his own ice cream maker a life's pension to keep the formula secret, so the ice cream remained a royal prerogative. Oh, yeah, see, that's proper royalty. I know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not keeping all the no, ice cream. No. I always, I'm yours, plebs. I I always boo Alec Guinness in Cromwell. I should boo even louder now, knowing he's trying to keep the delicious ice cream away from everyone. Uh, before the 16th century, nobody knew how to freeze anything in Europe. In Asia, they did. Over here, we did. I mean, like this house and turning off lights. Nobody knew how to do it before, uh, before the 16th century. And uh, uh, But they were way ahead, of course, over in... Um, when, when you get... I promise you, if you've never heard the show before, it actually has an engine in it. And we, we start to wick in it in a second. You, you take your tub of ice cream out of the uh, freezer there, Pep, mm-hmm. yeah? That inch of permafrost that's on it, you think, oh, it's a bit of a worry, oh, isn't it? Like stalactites, uh, th- that that stuff. Does that mean it's gone off? I your... don't know. Or, or if it's been a while, it has that sort of yellowy 
layer across the top. I've never heard of a yellowy oh, layer. Oh, no, if you have a layer. vanilla that's been in there too long. Yellowy uh, layer. Well, you know, like, you know, you know, Marge used to go a different colour on the top if you had it. Marge? Before. I haven't heard of that Marge since 1965. Perhaps. How long do you keep ice cream in the fridge? It's like the thing. It's like the thing when they found it at the, in the Arctic. It had been down to 20,000 years. It's going to kill everyone. And it's, it's got that yellow streak running through it. But uh, uh, I don't know this yellow streak. No, I don't. I'm sorry. No, it's uh, funny enough um i picked up a uh, an ice cream that was on offer in the supermarket and it was covered in that permafrost i had a moment of <laughs> as it's melted and refrozen but it's on offer oh, Have, oh having oh. said not two minutes ago we are joined at the hip in every subject now you buy things that are on offer on oh, offer i got i know i did oh i am a bargain hunter no I, I, if i get to the till it would the show starts well literally counting down 30 seconds if i get to the till in a supermarket and i ever inadvertently picked up one of those you know uh, marked down things it goes out of business today i will look around ostentatiously and say didn't see that I didn't see that. Oh, I can hunt down a yellow sticker. No, yellow sticker. No, no, I'm afraid oh, not. Oh, eyes no. out no, for the no, yellow well, you know, but, And yet, we seem to get on. Now, what it led us to was thinking about the, the tiny little ice compartment in, the, in my mum's fridge, where there was an ice cube tray that was made of metal. It was made of metal, the ice cube tray. Uh, there used to be just an ice cube tray in there. Just stick to and you, well, exactly. You needed a diamond tip drill and a jackhammer to get one cube out. <laughs> you know? uh, but you, and I'd sometimes make it with tree to orange juice, and you had then you had your miniature orange Ooh, ice cubes. But getting nice. them out again, which all led me, Peps, and this is the whole reason that we've diverted into this, into thinking, well, the, uh, how many ice cube trays have you got? Um, the we've got a. Our freezer is actually drawers under the fridge. It's a double drawer. I'm one of those, I know. Yeah, French but, but drawers. You, the French one tray of ice? Because you can't get out of It's ice. meant to have two, but we can only fit one in because I ram that freezer full and, of food. And, and how are they uh, in, in trying to extricate the actual cube from the oh, tray? Oh, you have to bash all 30 out in order and what, to get what two is happening and then there? place them all back in again. There is no point as trying to build a faster railway to, to Manchester when people cannot get a simple ice cube out of a tray. You can't do it. And so I thought, well, I wonder if Amazon sells ice cube trays. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> and off I went. Well, of course, there is a, there's 11... Oh, a novelty one, I'm sure. There are but many. there's 11 pages, Peps, each with 25 different trays on. It, it is the symptom, symptomatic of a decaying society. We've got far too many options with ice cube trays. Got to say, like the, the other day, 96% of them are five stars. There's nothing oh, wrong. Okay. To, I mean, I, I don't know, but there's, you know, certain quibbling going on. I wasn't looking for quibbling. I was looking for out and out fury with the ice cream tray, with the ice cube tray. And sure enough, around page five, <laughs> I won't give up. I always get my men. Uh, there there were some ice cube trays with just two and three star reviews. And so just before we start the show, I thought I'd bring you some of the more angry complaints about people who have ordered ice cube trays on Amazon. Here we go. And you get down about page three or four, see when they've dropped a couple of stars, in you go and you'll have hours of entertainment. One, well, here's another utterly worthless product I've bought. <laughs> oh, I feel that person. <laughs> okay. Number two, could not get the cubes out of the tray. Was trying my hardest when it snapped in half. All of this. I recognise all of this. Uh, number three, 
After the second use, both trays went straight into the bin. These are people angry at their number four. And this one, this is the yin and the yang of the complaints about ice cube trays. It's pathetic and flimsy. You cannot fill the tray and make it to the freezer without it spilling everywhere. Oh, I that's a that. silicon one. That's <laughs> a silicon one. They're easy to get out, but you can't get them in. No, if you fill it up, uh, you, yeah. fill, you fill it up to the top, otherwise you've got a sliver of ice. And then that, that wibbly wobbly walk to the freezer and then trying to place it down. And trying to find a flat space in the freezer. In the freezer. And then put you, it. And you think you've closed the door, they're called the wave, so that's going to glue it to the bottom of the <laughs> freezer. It's an incorrect science. Um, number five. Well, I ended up slamming this hard on the, state, on the table and it still wouldn't budge. <laughs> bang! Bang! Just even a little bit of frost, but no ice. Uh, number six. Do not make the same mistake as I did and let a clumsy friend get the ice. It shattered everywhere. <laughs> the well, that's the, the faults of the friend there, I think. Well, some of the... And the show... Yeah, we're a little late for it now, but the show will start. Uh, some of the ice cube trays in there, right, mm. uh, have lids. Lids. Surely that increases the difficulty. You can get the blowtorch out to get the lid off, and then you've got to start trying to get an ice cube well, out. I don't know if that means you can then shake. I don't know. They've got lids. Um, again, decaying society and all of that. But nevertheless, uh, 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 there's some. the last one I'll bring you, it's got uh, it's somebody put... These are far too floppy. There is water all over my floor and actually provided photographs of the trays like Darley's watches. He did. He's got it over his index finger and sure enough, the tray is drooping either side. (laughs) See, I I fell for that with the silicon and I thought I'd been really clever because they sell ones where it makes ice sticks. And I thought, oh, oh, that's nice. It goes all the way. No, it isn't. Because when you go to drink, it sli- they slide straight up your nose. All they do. Oh. <laughs> you can't drink. Every time you do that, the ice goes up your nose. I, I um, honestly, it's your show. We know this. It's your show. We're just about to get round to the emails. I wonder, uh, an early girlfriend of mine. Uh, 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 let's call her L anyway but I I went out with her for a bit and it was when the hamburger bars had started opening in London not your wimpies but your proper bespoke ones and there was one in in, uh, Old Compton Street in London called the Prohibition you you, you had to queue for a while to get into the Prohibition it just did what we'd now call a bog standard hamburger you know but uh, at the time sesame seed buns lettuce in it this is crazy talk Uh, and we sat there and she fancied herself L and and quite rightly as a cut above Uh, uh, you know she let me know for a bit I was she was a catch but so was I anyway we were so we were circling each other in this and she was uh, it was very very much the era I remember she was the first girl I ever knew who shaved her eyebrows off because David Bowie did oh yeah oh eyebrows at all none uh, and, and did your relationship last long after? Yeah, no, it was a good look, that. She had that bo- oh. classic Bowie, Aladdin, insane hair. Oh, OK, fair white. enough, OK. It was white. Uh, no, no, she was... Oh, look at her. Uh, anyway, and she was, but she was sitting in the Prohibition, and she used to kind of dress um, uh, androgynously as well. She had the big shoulder-padded blazer on and things. Very... What, what, what? Did she ever meet your dad? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, she, he liked it. No, she was... She was I mean, no, she was, she was Miss 1973. I was just picturing a raised brow. No, she was, was 1970, <laughs> no, she was 1973 all day long. 
long. Uh, you know, bird for this one you're wearing on. Well, that was basically his. You know, like, uh, anyway. Um, uh, so we're sitting in the prohibition. The show's not going to get going at all this week, is it? We're sitting in the prohibition, and it was the first time I'd ever seen those red paper cups that are popular now. You know, the uh, the paper cups that Americans put. Oh, Americans have at parties. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, with th- those and those were very chic. And also the first time I'd ever seen something halfway filled up with crushed ice, which is the bane of any yes, soft drink. Halfway filled up with crushed ice, the Coca-Cola in it. She's being Miss 1973 and thinking, yeah, we're doing pretty well. Anyway, she got she got to the end of the uh, the uh, Coca-Cola she was drinking, and the little cup was still a third full of crushed ice, but there was some cola underneath it, like uh, like oil in the Antarctic, and she could see it down there. Anyway, and very casually, she, she lifted up her cup and just tapped the end of the glass, <laughs> and the whole of the ice shot out over her, down her cleavage, over her face. Oh! And then I said, it's nothing, it's nothing. And he'll try to carry on the conversation. But after that, she was no longer the ice queen. What are we doing today, Peps? (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing today? We are doing number one. When I first went out with Wen, by the way, Mm. uh, we ran away to Florida. Yes. Uh, And the the first night in the hotel, the Omni International Hotel Florida, we had flutes of champagne. Could we ever been so young? We had flutes of champagne on the table, and we had this kind of um, uh, 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 Asian meal, which is unusual because neither of us like that sort of stuff. Uh, and and uh, I, I when I don't use chopsticks, and we said, "Oh, don't you?" I said, "No, I still don't." You know, the whole Seinfeld thing about they must have seen the knife and fork by now. Anyway, uh, but when was she said, "Oh, I do," and she was talking, and she had a cube of pork. In her, in her, in her uh, chopsticks, and she was making a point, and the cube of pork dropped from the chopsticks right down the, the flute of champagne and nuzzled in the bottom, and it was the most grisly thing you'd ever see. All this fat suddenly started rising. <laughs> yeah, she did, and immediately she took a, a napkin and threw it over it and said, "Go to the toilet and get rid of that." <laughs> We knew we were going to be all right there. So, what are we doing today? (laughs) Number one, breaking things in shops. Number two, stuff you found while renovating. Mm -hmm. Number three, terrible plays and songs you wrote as a kid. I've got an epic with that. Oh. Number four, the world's dullest job. And number five, when cute animals attack. And now we go to the audience participation part of the show. What have you got there, Peps? Well, I'm on one animal's attack. And this mm-hmm. is from David in Aberdeenshire. Mm-hmm. He's saying, hearing Alexa this week, who was bitten by the meerkat. Sorry, I've got to cough. caller Alexa this week being bitten by the meerkat brings me to another tale featuring Grandad Bill. He of the incredibly lucky story of meeting his cousin whilst hiding from the police in West Africa. Mm-hmm. We were a big fan of his the other week. Now this one I have heard from several different relatives so it sticks in my memory. Having returned from an overseas job he presented the family with a parrot I think an African grey. To my grandmother, aunts and uncles it was a tame thing and a much loved pet. To Grandad, it was a malevolent bunch of feathers with an evil attitude, and it took great pleasure in trying to remove sections of his hands at any opportunity. At home by himself one day, seeing the cage needed cleaning, he took it upon himself to carry it out. Deft opening of the cage and quick hand action meant the bird could be removed safely, and he carried this out successfully. However, there was then a knock at the front door, and with the bird in his hand, he must have thought, well, the bird's not going anywhere, I'll open the door. 
Some point between this thought and getting to the door, he must have lifted the hand with the bird in it, who saw its opportunity. Now, those beaks are sharp and they're designed for a purpose and it's like being hit with an industrial stapler. He answered the door with a parrot hanging off his face. It had bit through the septum of his nose and wouldn't let go. Oh, the old Stevie Nicks injury. The rather surprised neighbour who'd come on an errand was presented with him standing with blood running down his face and a parrot attached to his nose. It took two of them to remove it. Oh, man. The poor old granddad Bill's luck ran out. And, and whether the parrot was squawking and flapping around, hanging off his hooter, and, and, and uh, uh, passing the people with all the studs and the, <laughs> and the piercings. Oh, I'm getting one of those, man. Well done. Bravo him. How about that? So uh, this is apropos nothing, having started the show Excellent. and trying to do all the subjects. Everyone's email does get skimmed over by an unpaid intern. I will tell everyone that. Uh, no, everyone's email will eventually get used. We'll get round to those. But this was a uh, we do we do a roundup show again on Tuesday, I think. So um, uh, this was well. This is who sent us this. This is a, uh, from our friend who used to be a PR in the, the music industry. I understand. Yeah, Nick in Brighton sent us this. Peps. Uh, oh, of course, a former PR in the music industry lives in Brighton. Yes, in name Nick. It would be <laughs> throw a rock out the window. You hit six of them. Anyway, <laughs> all, all due disrespect there, Nick. Sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, this is uh, in response to the subject you probably haven't suggested. Memorable scenes from films you have lived out in real life. Ooh. I have done that. I have done that in the past. And also, if you want to get in touch with us, if you've ever lived out a song lyric, if you really have, ask anyone. Uh, do you know the way to San Jose? I would love to hear from you. Anytime you've actually lived out a lyric or a film. But Nick's got in early on this. In response to the subject you probably haven't suggested, memorable scene from movies you've lived out in real life, I thought I'd share with you the moment I channeled Artie Fufkin. Now, do you know Artie Fufkin, perhaps? In Spinal Tap, uh, it's Paul Schaefer plays the uh, PR the yes. fellow who yeah, rather disastrously tries to get the band a little leverage in the in the local radio markets, etc. Artie Fufkin is the uh, industry fellow looking after a very, very unhappy Spinal Tap. In 1995, I was the marketing man for bands ranged from a pre-success Chumbawamba to a post-success The Shaman. One of our development acts was called Credit to the Nation. Anything for Ooh. you? I don't know. Anyway, they had a minor hit where they sampled Nirvana on a song where you heard the famous smells like Teen Spirit intro on the radio and thought you were getting it, but then, alas, you were actually getting credit to the nation's record. <laughs> <laughs> During the autumn of their career, which had come about quicker than a meteorological autumn, I organised a record shop signing in their hometown of Birmingham on the day of their big gig there. I put an advert in local press, the good people at HMV put the posters up and played the record in their in-store radio station, plugging the signing. I thought of everything. I'd even bought a box of gold pens instead of black markers as the album sleeve was quite dark. I met the shop manager early and was shown to the signing area. They had crash barriers set up there to form an orderly queue, you know, like they do in a post office. The band arrived with their tour manager, who then drove off to the venue. He was going to pick them up later for the sound check. For promotional purposes, the band was the singer, Matty, plus a couple of gangly dancers. All were teenagers and they were excited about their hometown show and eager to meet the fans. The appointed hour arrived. Not wanting to horn in on their glory, I stood aside in the wings, awaiting the throng. You're probably aware of the idea that the throng did not arrive. For a solid oh. hour, the band sat alone amongst piles of their own merchandise. Oh. 
The shock speakers sang out, credit to the nation. The singer's face stared down from every available wall space. Customers went around their, about their record shopping business impervious. There was an event underway. The gold pens kept their caps on unused. Not a single fan zigzagged through the crash barriers or tried to leap one. The album finished and someone put it back on again. <laughs> track one, track two, track three, nobody, nothing. Someone suggested we might call it a day. To their credit, credit to the nation, were absolutely fine about all this. The shop manager let them have a rummage through a box of promo Sega games they had, and they left happy as Larry. I packed up the groaning carload of merch again and drove home. I never did another in-store signing. As Archie Fufkin would say, kick my ass for a man. Would you kick it? Come on, I want you to kick it. Enjoy. <laughs> Bravo, Nick. A terrific story. A terrific story. Somewhere, Matty is sitting going, I know. I know. Well, I've done many, many signings, and I'm happy to say there's always been a crowd, but that's not... Oh, my worst dread. Worst dread. Own Goals and Gaffs videos came out, and they said we'll do a couple of signings. I thought I'd make credit to the nation look like a riot. You know, I did. I saw my little my little table set up in HMV and they had a thing in the window, honestly. And once people start coming up, you just think, oh, thank God. Oh. Uh, but I know, oh, um, I, I know a few people who literally have sat at that table, writers particularly, and people have come by and go, uh, hello, go, oh, hello. And they go, do you know where I could find Daphne de Maurier? <laughs> Anyway, I apologise, I've only done two emails there, so this will be part one of two shows. We'll get straight onto the uh, emails on the very next programme. But uh, I've got something to announce. The uh, Golden Shot, the vinyl Golden Shot, uh, which nearly killed me the last time we played it. (laughs) We're going to have another go after this. Hello, I'm Jay Rayner and I host the Out to Lunch podcast where I take fabulous guests out for lunch and grill them to a turn. For now, whilst lockdown reigns supreme, we're staying in for lunch instead and we've got great company. Fascinating people share only the best takeaways with me over webcam. Great food and insightful conversation with the likes of Gary Neville, Sharon Horgan, George Ezra and Dieter Von Tees. Have you ever had a cream pie in the face? No! So if you, like me, enjoy food and are missing restaurants, subscribe to Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner, available wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, everybody. It's the Danny Baker Show, radiating out across the airwaves. Come the sunshine or the rain, come aboard the Danny train. We'll kick our slippers off and throw our cares away. What better thing to do than have a jolly J-Pot too? Don't touch that dial, there's nowhere else to go. Come and join a happy session, wave ta-ta to the recession on the Danny Baker Show. Take it away, Danny. Thank you very much indeed, uh, Wisby there. Now, I've got some good news and bad news for you. Let me put it in another way. I've got some good news for you. We can't get in touch with the caller who was going to play the Golden Shot final game, so we're not going to do it on Tuesday. Words right. ill-fated. <laughs> Listen to it outside. It sounds like it sounds like 8 o'clock on a Thursday night. Everyone's clapping and banging pots. Well done. <laughs> uh, it was my suggestion, but Steve, we did try to get in touch with you, and I had a special sausage sandwich game question for him. And oh, everything. that made me emotional the last time. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, this show is nothing without emails and calls. 
Uh, so, but you know, certainly the emails, but with the calls, perhaps. Uh, but it's always the blokes, Steve. With all due disrespect, it's always the blokes. Every time. Every time. You, uh, you have to. They can't work it. You have to press a button when 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 we dial you up, and I think they can't work out how to get the numbers on the. <laughs> he, may, he may be in a crisis. We don't know. But every single yes. woman who's played this, and and they all top the leaderboard, by the way, straight through. Hello, good morning. Yep, absolutely. I'm right on it. Fellas, oh, hang on. Oh, no, I've got my six pages of ad libs here first to rehearse, but nevertheless, we'll try that again on Tuesday. Give us something from over there, Peps. This is from Stephen Bolton, and I don't think it's the same, Steve. Um, now, he's, he's moved school lines into a slightly different zone. This is our subject, and it, it, on the um, it's rumble on. A website, do we? But uh, if you follow me on Twitter, which is at Prodnos, uh, then uh, it, all, you can see I regularly paste the uh, information where you can see every single subject we've done over the last 48 shows, and that's plenty. I mean, there's got to be 200 now. All of them remain open. This one is, did you ever, were you ever given lines at school? If so, what did you have to write? This is next level. Go on. Whilst at secondary school in the 80s, our English teacher never gave lines as a punishment, but instead gave us an A4 sheet of graph paper and we were required to put a dot in the centre of each small square. Brilliant. Brilliant. This was particularly cruel as you had to concentrate and couldn't let your mind wander because if you handed the graph paper back to the teacher, he could tell within seconds whether you had missed the centre of any particular square and you would repeat the whole thing. This is a, the precision we're looking for in teaching. How brilliant is that? And the first time he, he suggested that, man, that well, actually, we've got another teaching story uh, I can bring you, uh, if I can find it here. It's a brilliant teaching story. No, I'll, I'll do it in a second because, frankly, I can't find it. But this is, uh, uh, this is Breaking Things in Shops. Oh, this, this, uh, the name's fallen off of this, but this I uh, might echo with a lot of people, and it's the reason I gave up wearing over-the-knee boots, perhaps. Oh, uh, not that I ever a shame for us all. Boots. It's a lovely image, isn't it? I, did, I have actually worn over-the-knee boots because I was uh, Idle Jack in a pantomime once. Oh, okay. Yes, I did. I like those over-the-knee boots. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, but somebody says, uh, I'm sorry to say somebody, but I was in the shoe shop trying on some long boots. When I went to take them off, the zip got stuck halfway down the boot. I couldn't pull the zip up or down, and the shop assistant had to go and get some scissors and cut me out of them. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Once the zip's gone, it's gone. You have I, to buy the them, that's the question. Well, exactly. Is it a user you know, you error or a faulty boot? You wouldn't, because that, that is a that is a cheap zip. You don't you don't want that. <laughs> but um, uh, and this is this. This is um, on a similar strike. This is from Jimbo. Back in the nineties, we used to go on family holidays to the Algarve. One roaster of a Sunday afternoon, we headed out to Lule Market, which today I know is a fascinating and beautiful place, but at the time seemed like hell on earth to me and my brothers. Sweltering, crowded, noisy, live chickens in cages, all manner of ugly fish gawping at you, red-faced tourists and shouting locals. For me and my brother, it was a case of, OK, let's get this over with and done. Lural Market finished, features some spectacular ceramic shops. My mother, intrigued, headed into one such shop, and me and my brothers and my dad followed her in. They were very pokey places, packed to the rafters with their wares. I know these shops, perhaps when you go away. Oh, yes. And you think you want to buy one of those ceramic bowls with a lobster on the bottom. And inside, you, you, there's no room at all. They've got, they've got ceramics and plenty of them. Anyway, my dad was carrying what we might call a day bag over his shoulder. 
Uh oh. Remember the subject here, everyone: breaking things in shops. The bag, which was packed to prepare us for any eventuality, was to become our undoing. Dad, trying to take in the sights of the shop, just spun around、oh. and dislodged a beautifully decorated cup. Which fell onto a ver- vertical display of more cups, each level smashing, dropping, and smashing the next. Gasps filled the shop. My dad, unaware it was he who had caused the minor catastrophe, spun around again to see what was going on. Again, the day bag bashed another shelf. This time, plates came cascading down, cracked crockery clattering to the floor. Dad was now shocked by the firmer for the commotion, and I promise you, he spun round once again. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> More rampage, <laughs> and the bag bashed another display. This time, bowls came down. Stop moving! Stay still! Don't move! My mum cried out in an effort to bring a halt to the relentless massacre. My dad froze. Silence fell over the store. As one might expect, fury to ensue from the local shopkeeper, but he was remarkably calm about the whole thing. Alarmingly friendly, as he sought to reassure us, we weren't about to be carted off to jail. My mum, mortified, opened her purse and offered to buy whatever we could by way of compensation, but the shopkeeper had none of it. He told us we could buy something, and my mother, through guilt, chose the. Biggest item she could see—a big flat bottom bowl which had a triangular chunk missing out of it. The shopkeeper, <laughs> the old man broke it. The shopkeeper found the missing piece and put it in the bag with the bowl and wished us on our way. Somewhat traumatized, this was back in the 90s. Yet today, in my mum and dad's kitchen, still stands the handcrafted, intricately decorated bowl, now filled with fruit. And on close inspection, yes, a crack can be seen where my dad glued it back together again. A reminder of the incident and the incredible generosity of Portuguese shop owners from Jimbo. How about that? Well done. I'd have thought, thought they'd have thrown the book at him. Yeah. Yes, but mental note: next time I go in one of them places, have a field day. Knock it all over. Something from you, Peps.、Uh, this is from Adi in Bradford. Injuring your parents. When I was a kid in the seventies, my mum took the three of us to stay in a caravan at Cleethorpes for summer holidays. Our dad would have none of this nonsense and never came with us and chose to spend his time <laughs> more productively in a holiday with the family. Weeks. Sorry, what is it like to do, Peps? What was the other bit? So he said. So he said. Dad would go to the pub for two weeks without mother being there to question him. Then <laughs> <laughs> the、oh, wife and kids、yes. off to Cleethorpes. We'll go down the pub every day. Wow. When my older brother turned seventeen, he too decided the bright lights of Cleethorpes no longer held such an attraction. He was a man now. So one particular Saturday, while the rest of us were in Cleethorpes in the August rain, my dad and my brother were left to their own devices at home. For Dad, it was easy. He returned from the pub and fell into his obligatory deep slumber in a kitchen chair, next to the oven, some two feet to the side of him. This is going to be pertinent.、Mm-hmm. My brother decided to indulge himself in what was the fast food of the day—a fray bentos steak and kidney pie. Delish. Yeah. Now, as everyone should know. The lid should be removed from the tin、oh, yeah. before being placed in a hot oven.、Mm-hmm. Not my brother. And into the oven went the whole thing, lid unpierced and intact, rendering it a small explosive next to a snoring dad. <laughs> After about fifteen minutes, the the pie literally blew its lid. The oven door came out in sympathy and relieved itself of its hinges with a tremendous bang and comedy flash and puff of smoke. 
In a split second, my dad was decanted from his chair and onto the floor at the other side of the room. And eventually, my brother said his charred face could be seen through clearing smoke, eyes blinking into the distance. <laughs> As he pondered on what occurred, he rang a finger across steak and gravy sliding down his face and even tasted it to confirm his suspicions. <laughs> he only suffered the odd minor injury, but my brother decided best to keep a low profile and left and didn't come home for three days. <laughs> oh, man. I've had, over the years, uh, more than one exploding uh, steak and kidney pie. Very bentos, it always is. People take a cavalier attitude to that. Uh, there was always a, a screwdriver in our kitchen to pierce the tops of things. You know, never had the proper torque and you pierce the tops of things. But as for our, um, our friends who dad didn't go on holiday with them, again, I know I always come back to the old man. Uh, but we would go, we were a theatre-going family, but we'd go to pictures up the West End every now and then, and occasionally a show. Uh, for instance, um, Tony Newley in the good old bad old days. We would get there, and without fail, or even if, you, didn't, you know, whatever pictures we were going to, even locally, I mean, Dad would come with us, but as soon as we got outside, he would just say, go on, you go in, I'm going to have a couple over there, and, and we'd say, oh, I mean, Mum would go, come in, Fred, don't disappear. Not disappearing, I don't want to see this, do I? Go on, I'll be in the uh, Rosa County over there but Fred just come in like no Pet, there's no point paying for a ticket and all I'm thinking about is having a drink oh, you go in I'll see you afterwards he used to do we had these tickets to see you had actually had a ticket to see the good old bad old days no straight across the road straight across the road into the, the warship go on you go in I said well 10 I'll be alright and he did used to sit in the pub on his own while we enjoyed it anyway uh, this uh, might be our last one today uh, if you and I never say this, but I'm urged to say it. If you like these shows, you have to like them. And mm, if you yes, like please. Them the charts, and then other people see it, and they may like it too. There's no guarantee, but that's the way it goes. Uh, we, you know, we try to look up, not down. Uh, this is that teacher story I was looking for. Oh, yes, please. Now you may remember, perhaps I, I got um, uh, a CSE in German. Yes. Even though I, uh, uh, even though I don't really speak German, and just a little bit. Uh, is because uh, I was I was not very well on the day of the German exam, and when I came back, they said uh, it was a shame you couldn't take it. You seem to be doing well in this. Well, no, it was three months, and we never did it again because the teacher left. Uh, and they said you can take it today if you want, and they put me in the library, Peps, to take the German exam. The library with the English German dictionary. I've got like ninety-three percent in German. They did. They just left me in there with the blind down over the door as well, so people couldn't disturb me. Perfect. Anyway, this is from uh, that's that third young of the day. We did Neil Young, the uh, uh, GL Young, who invented ice cream, and this is from Chris Young. Ah, on a recent show, your sixteen-year-old correspondent. Yes, we do. No? Yes. Have a 16-year-old... We're very touch. trendy. Get in touch with a 16-year-old correspondent. If you don't get in touch, who knows we lost you along the way. <laughs> as soon as you turn 17, the scales fell from your eyes. On a recent show, your 16-year-old correspondent mentioned a teacher who would often forget to set homework. This reminded me of a teacher I had back in the early 70s who could easily be distracted and often neglected to set homework as a result. Mr Johnson took us to German and made the mistake of telling us in an early lesson about his own cycling holiday in Germany in his youth, where he met a girl called Ingrid, with whom he fell in love. 
Sadly, as is the way with holiday romances, the relationship did not survive, but Mr. J still lit a candle for the lovely Ingrid, and the mere mention of her name would send him into a reverie, and the resulting reminiscences could, with the occasional prod or question from the floor, be spread out over the duration of the whole lesson. Another weakness of Mr. Johnson was progressive rock, so when one of us arrived at the lesson carrying a copy of Gentle Giant's magnificent album Octopus, yes it is, it was decided that rather than double German on a Friday, we would henceforth talk about progressive rock. Mr. J borrowed a record player from the music room and we supplied the latest offerings from Yes, ELP and appropriately Faust. So a year of German lessons passed very pleasantly. When we returned after the summer holidays, however, we were in a shock. We now had a new German teacher, <gasps> fresh from a teacher training course with a somewhat brusque manner and an alarming German efficiency. On the day one, we were greeted by the new man who was speaking to us in German, a language none of us had any grasp of at all. This quickly became apparent and was decided within a few short months that O-Levels was best if the subject was dropped. I have no idea what happened to Mr. Johnson, but I hope he met up with Ingrid once more and together they enjoyed many, many happy cycling years listening to Greenslade and Camel. Thank you very much indeed, Chris. <laughs> the teacher turns up, Aufstehen, uh, begin, uh, which is what I remember from it. Uh, uh, so by any chance, uh, uh, do you like um, uh, PFL? <laughs> PFM? What is PFM? <laughs> Only the heads will know that. Uh, something quick, Peps, and we're finished. You've got a quick one? Uh, this, yes, this is from uh, Russell in Hackney. Things only your family said. When I was young, my nan used to refer to overly large or big-boned people as stiff. Oh. As in, that fella at number 36 hasn't half got stiff lately. <laughs> I never really thought about this until lately, some 40 years after. Perhaps buffalo wings with every meal would eventually result in one becoming less flexible and then, by definition, stiff. I've never heard that at all either. Anyway, I don't know where that leaves us. So play the theme tune, Phil. One, two, three, four. Three, Climb up, come in, let's cozy down. Wave goodbye to that silly frown as we chase our cares away. In the tree, the fire's on, it's warm inside. We guarantee you'll be satisfied as we laugh the day away. In the tree. Well, thank you, everybody, and I'm Louise Pepper, Louise Napoleon Pepper, the great-granddaughter of Ho Chi Minh on the other side of London, Phil Wilding, of course, for producing the show, and uh, all the people at Something Else for giving us this platform. Uh, but as always, and we mean this, of course, chiefly yourselves. We'll be back with an email special next week. See you then. Next time on The Treehouse, have you ever lived out a film scene or song lyric? lying about injuries and how did you find out your parents weren't millionaires small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rustoleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.